What's new, listeners? I'm Audra Howell, the host of Two Cents Critic. If you want to move for reviews of books, movies, and TV shows, then join in. Today, we have an interview with uh, Desiree Calderon de Fawaz, the author of the picture book Tata's Earrings and the first book in the Broom Hesley's series. It's a YA fantasy novel. And so now, Desiree, let's just have you join the, join the interview. Say, say hi, Desiree. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Yes, I'm delighted to have you too. And so, yeah, so, so having you, I'm excited to talk to you. And so the first thing I want to ask you is, uh, when did you start to just love reading? Um, I guess, uh, well, I there were always books uh, in my house uh, growing up. Um, uh, I, there was always like a library. I was lucky enough to live in a family that always had a library at home. Uh, but most of the books were like um, encyclopedias and things like that, not really for kids. So it took a while for me to love reading and really enjoy it. Uh, I guess around age 10, I had a friend um, that introduced me to the Agatha Christie uh, series, like um, detective series. And we really got into it and we started writing our own um, detective stories on the typewriters and, and it was really an exciting time for me. Yes. Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy mysteries too. I've only, I've only read one Agatha Christie novel, The Murder on Orient Express, which I feel like yes. that's, that's one of the classic. most popular, most popular yeah. entries, but yeah, I enjoy mysteries too. Yeah, that was, yeah. It was in Spanish, so <laughs> in those days cool. back home. So, yeah, it was cool. it was very good. Yeah, good times. And when did you uh, when when did you take your first uh, foray into the fantasy genre? Do you Ooh, remember? It's actually this is my first uh, you know attempt at the Broomhesley <laughs> series. It's actually my my serious uh, first uh, fantasy novel. Uh, not, not, even a man, not even like a manuscript like when you were a kid like even writing anything about fantasy well well yeah i guess i guess when i was 10 i told you uh, i yeah i did write uh, some some uh, mystery novels uh, you know like following on the footsteps of agatha christie but um i don't remember what i wrote about you know i just remember the typewriter and just having fun and feeling like a great author <laughs> uh, but uh, but i i i don't have anything really from those days that, that I can really go back and, 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 you know, so, so I feel like this is the first time that I really dig into, uh, into, you know, go into the, the, the fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Realm. <laughs> yes. And, and so what, what about your writing journey? Like as you're going towards like, you know, your debut, your debut publication with like, you know, and you're writing Tata's Earrings and then going onward to Kasadi's last song. That's the first entry in the Broom Hesley yeah, series. That's a big leap actually. Uh, so I, after Tata's Earrings, I had been, um, you know, the making of Tata's Earrings. I was uh, illustrating for two years and I was really exhausted with illustrations. So I, um, I wanted to prove my, to myself that I could, you know, build a world, a fantasy world, and and I, you know, uh, the Broom Hesler series didn't just. Uh, I didn't set out to create a trilogy. I was just planning to make like a more elaborate, you know, children's story, 
uh, a longer children's story. And basically, I went from that to 170,000 words draft. So it was kind of That's unexpected. Sad. Yeah, a little yeah. bit too much. <laughs> but it was very exciting. That's good. And, and I should say for our listeners, that Tata's earrings was both written and illustrated by Desiree. I should say that. Yes. Well, yes. And it won the 2018 Middle East Book Award. Yes. Yes, that's important. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which was very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and then so, so, thing is, so not only are you an author and you work as an illustrator, but you were also a former microbiologist, and that was a profession that I also wanted to delve into in the past. Of course, I'm going down a different road now, but, but so like, what, was, what was that like, working as a microbiologist? Like, what interested you most about that career? And why? So, um, yeah, sorry. So I, I've always loved science, um, but I think I, so I graduated in the early 2000s, and I feel like, uh, from the University of Texas. And I feel like I didn't get enough lab experience before graduating. Otherwise, I would have probably changed my career because I love microbiology, but more like the theoretical part. Uh, you're, 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 cutting out, you're cutting out here. Um... Ew, I lost you for a second. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. I cannot hear you. I, I, I can't. I, I'm sorry about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was still recording. I'm, so, I'm sorry. So. Okay. So, so I don't what, know. What were you saying about microbiology? What were you saying about microbiology? You, so, you yeah, graduated I, from Texas University. Yes, yes. And I feel like um, I didn't get enough lab experience. Uh, had I gotten that lab experience, I would have probably changed my field uh, because I realized that I don't like. Uh, lab work as much, uh, the smells, the <laughs> playing with rats, you know, uh, the, uh, we actually experimented on mice and I was already a uh, vegetarian and it was like, I was living a double life. So it, it was, um, it was very, very confusing time for me. So leaving the labs was actually the best thing I could do. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I've, yeah. In, in, yeah. In the past, I wanted to, I wanted to work in microbiology, but I think I just kind of like stepped away from that more, and and now I feel like more. I feel like in the future I, I want to like I want to write, you know, same as you. I want to write, and I'm mm. doing all of the podcasting, but mm. like you know, sometimes like you know, it's so interesting. I feel like to keep up with some of like the, the news and microbiology. Yeah. I just want to feel like you know, especially what's going on now with the pandemic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of work right now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's um very different line of work definitely and and I felt it was not as creative I mean you can make it creative but it, it, there's a lot of repetition a lot of you know long hours yeah um yeah it's a little too much and, and I like like a changing environment you know I like to write different things and then illustrate uh, different techniques of illustration and you know change yeah. it up and yeah. that's not something you get in a lab yeah, yeah. And I, I, I even heard some news about microbiology, like how the, like apparently they're working on, on phages that can eat plastics in order oh, to like- Yes, I just heard about it. Yeah, which, which I mean, you know, stuff like that, it gets me like excited about, you know, microbiology yeah. and yes, stuff like that. Yes, that kind of thing. Yeah, that, that also excites me. But, you know, it takes yeah. a lot of people working on the same thing for decades to come up with something like that. So, yes. yeah. yeah. Yes. And- now, uh, 
where, where did you draw inspiration for your characters, particularly uh, Broom and uh, President Orange? Is that how you pronounce his name, Orange well, or is it Orange? So it, it's um, so I call him Orange, but I know it's not the right pronunciation. Uh, it's actually uh, a Gaelic word. Um, uh, so it's supposed to be pronounced orange, but it's actually President Orange. So Wait, or, orange, as in like, as in like, so the fruit orange, like the color orange. Oh, like yeah. the, like the color orange. Yeah, oh, interesting. But I also call it orange, orange. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's basically that that president. You know, you can tell by the name <laughs> who is it. <laughs> yes. who, who's inspiration behind it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not in a very positive way. Um, and then uh, Broom has less. Uh, Broom is basically a mixture between myself and my eldest child. Hey, uh, that's nice. So it's easier, you know, to talk about, you know, her thoughts and everything because I know what's going on with her. It's very like, personal. That's nice. Like, any, any specific traits you want to pick out as to, like, maybe uh, what's similar between Broom and you? And your child, like any traits, qualities. What's me and what's my daughter, or what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like what traits do you see yourself in Broom? I see myself maybe in the love for plants and for which I don't know if it shows as much there. Um, my daughter is more the musician. Um, she gets very snappy, like my daughter. <laughs> so, yeah, but you know, yeah. she has all this attachment to her family, and that I think that's both of us. So, so it's it's just an interesting, you know. It started, it set out to be more like her, but it ended up being more like me. So I don't know, just a mix. Yeah, yeah. and spe speaking of our Broom's love of plants, there's actually a a quote. I'm not sure if I can find it. Uh, okay. Well, I just I just remember there's a quote specifically where I think Room notice with Room wonders about like cut, like cutting plants if plants know can feel like being cut like, yes. you know, as a, as aware of the environment as much yeah. as humans are. Yeah, and that was like an interesting that was, that was an interesting little uh, little quote that I picked out because sometimes I also wonder like hey do you are plants as uh, conscious of your environment yes. as we are. Yeah. But well, the, we, we just don't know that because they don't have faces. Like they don't, they can't communicate with us in our way. Yes, yes. I guess those are some of the questions that I have, I myself have all the time. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, um, I think, little comments on the environment and 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 taking care of the environment. And I I do think it's uh, a good story for people who are concerned and kids that are concerned about what they're doing to mother nature yes. and, and their impact on the world. Yeah. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and, and so how, how would you say that your, like, your childhood and your culture informs your writing? Ooh, it's everywhere. <laughs> so, I mean, my culture and my childhood are right there. Um, so I think um, in this story, like the characters, the places, um, they're, very much based on reality. I, I sometimes say that Broom Hesles is not really like fiction because it's very much uh, based on my life, actually. Mostly based, you know, I wanted to put my culture in there and, um, and to give like, uh, 
what I felt was like an accurate representation in my point of view yes. of, of my culture. And, um, and I wanted to, to, for people to get some of the sights and the smells and the food and some uh, feeling of, you know, what it, you know, the sense of responsibility when you are, you know, from my culture and the cultural legacy, what we hold sacred, things like that. Yeah. So, so I just, yeah, it was a lot of thinking. I think that I, I always like that. Like I feel like sometimes like when when I read a book, it's I, I'm reading it. I'm reading it, and I can feel how much someone's life is present in the writing, and it makes yeah. it that much more vivid for me, mm-hmm. and it makes it makes it that much easier to connect with uh, with the story, with the characters. Yes, yes. Well, that was a plan. <laughs> Good. And what about what was the process behind uh, the illustrations in Casali's last song, which I, I which I want to say I, I I love the illustrations. I thought they were gorgeous, particularly. Oh, thank you. They were yeah, <laughs> they were uh, yeah they were interesting. Um, so I set out to create this uh, kind of I wanted them to look a little steampunk but steampunk Mexican, and it didn't come out that way, <laughs> but. Um, but it was it was very important for me to have the characters, you know, um, a, a definite look for the characters, of course, to be able to 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 explain, you know, to to, to describe them properly. Um, I had to do these maps also to be able to visualize the the realms. Yes. Um, there was also a little bit of uh, sculpture making because I, I actually did a sculpture of the face of the main elf-like creature, the Chaneke, uh, Master Chan. And, uh, and I did the sculpture and from there I got the picture. And then there was also a little bit of sewing involved. I had to make really? a dress that looked like from the 1920s um, for one of my models. So it was, it was, it was a trip, it was really interesting. Wait, so, so, so sewing, like, so you, like, you made, like, a real dress. Yes. Like, was, like, a miniature dress or, like, a, a life-size dress? No, a life-size dress from, like, the 1920s, like, a uh, loose, like, drop-waist kind of dress. Wow. Because I needed to see it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very much, like, a visual tactile, you know? So I need to see this thing so I can explain that. So, oh, that's nice. so it's this very project-based kind of writing. <laughs> that's nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, yeah I, I thought you were beautiful illustrations. Again, just want to say that again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I think, I hope it adds to the story. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, thanks. Thanks. And so Casali's last song is YA Fantasy, but it also gives off a uh, kind of like a, a dystopian tinge was that an intentional decision it, it was not intentional I I think I set out to create like a like a children's book like a longer children's book and it just at the beginning that was the main idea and then it just became a YA fictional novel you know mm. so it, it was it kind of got a life of its own at some point oh that's yeah. nice yes and what are you a, a plotter or a panther? Of course, a panther. <laughs> yeah, I I don't really plan anything. I just creating my, a story as you go along. My writing process is just crazy. Like I have to go get a hot chocolate 
and play like uh, epic music and I have to have the light coming through some angle and and then I just stare at I don't know the sky or something and think about what my character is doing that day so that's and I and then I get you know the feelings the sensations it's almost like a like a spiritual experience <laughs> my dog hates it because it's it's just not like she tells me where, where are your notes where's your your timeline where is you know it's all in my head yeah, and then I guess, at, I, guess at the, I guess at the end, you then you you organize probably everything at the yes, end. Yes, yes, I do, I do. At some point, I'm like, okay, okay, so we need to sort this out. I mean, but I just let the characters do what they have to do, and then I try to explain why they're doing that. Yes. So it's it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the best way of writing. Yeah, playing epic music, I can sympathize with that because I, I I love like when I when I'm when I was writing, I loved to have music playing as well. Yes. Yes, it has to be the music, then the, I don't know, for some reason, the hot beverage has to be involved. And, and, <laughs> and there has to be light in the room. I, I cannot write in the shadows. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all have our preferences for like the writing environments. Yes. Yes, I'm very much by, yeah, the environment. <laughs> yeah. Film scores. I, I love to have like film scores, especially playing when I'm writing. It adds kind of it depends on what type of film score is, like maybe like a, a grand type of film score, like maybe a Hans Zimmer type of uh-huh. film score. Interesting. <laughs> oh my God, whatever works. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about like your, your favorite uh, fantasy tropes. And then maybe if you have any, if you have any least favorite any, any fantasy tropes, maybe some tropes that aren't to your particular liking. Mm, favorite, you know, I love a good story with magic and um good versus evil um i don't know the chosen one uh powerful artifacts or you know like a room where you know you find something uh like an attic or like a library i i love those um what i find least favorite but thankfully this is not as common anymore you know the the powerless female that was a big thing, especially growing up. Yeah. And then um, I so disliked all those uh, stories, uh, either movies or books, that showed Mexico not accurately, like not you know, like like yeah. where, or where you know some person arrives in Mexico and they find, I don't know, this uh, primitive tribe and there's this blood, uh, you know, ceremony and, or, you know, um, sacrifice and- Yeah, kind of stereotyping. Yes, I I just dislike all the stereotypes or or the other story that it's just uh, written by, you know, like it's it's full of um, drug traffickers or like Mexico portrayed as a big desert. I, it's yes. so much. Yes, that's why I set out to write. Definitely, that was a big inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's funny because I feel like so, so. I feel like even like a, when I'm watching a movie or some or a TV show, and then sometimes it will use like those stereotypes, and mm-hmm. it is always kind of like a downer. It's just like, oh, that's not great representation. Yeah. Or just or it, 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 that's always something that pops up. It's like the othering of anyone who isn't white. 
yes. or just like a- a- anyone who is of color or who is on, like living on an island and it's just like ooh you know the creepy the monsters <laughs> yes it, it, white, it, you know white people need to be terrified of them or or the the typical white savior that goes to that place yeah. and you know saves everybody and yeah. and that's <laughs> that's another thing that just me <laughs> it's like the people couldn't sort it out together you know it's like nobody could come up with this you know solution yeah. but it's it's just what it is but hopefully it's changing. Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, it's frustrating, it's frustrating to watch, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because then mm. it's, like, in the earlier movies, it's all white people. Yeah. And, but only now is it, like, okay, we're now starting to see yeah. some diversity. Like, even in, in Eternals, like, that had the most diverse cast, like, the most racially diverse cast in the, all of the movies. Yes. Yes, I mean, it's happening. It, as we're, you know, it's, yeah. it's now changing. And, and it's good. Yeah. And you, you said power you said powerless female that that, that, that is a trope that annoys you. I w- want to add that a trope that annoys me, I've seen a lot in both fantasy and science fiction, mm-hmm. is about uh is, uh is a female protagonist okay. who has a lot of power, but then at the end of the series, she has to surrender all of that power for some reason. She has I, to what? She has to surrender all of the powers oh. that she has at the end. Why? It's like, why? <laughs> I have seen this trope so many times and it bugs me. It's like, why can't she just have the power and just be godlike? Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Yes, yes. She has to choose between the power and something else. And, her, and, like, her, and like her life, or like, you know, she has to sacrifice it to save the universe. Somebody, so like, yes. Yeah, why can't you just keep the power? You can do both things, yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot to work on. <laughs> that is, that's not going to happen here in this novel, so don't worry. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so now let's move on to the question about what is your biggest fear? Ooh, that's really that's a, a, that's a deep one, I know. question. <laughs> yeah, that's a deep one. Um, I guess I just want to have enough time and health and money to share all the stories that live in my head. <laughs> that's good, yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah that just to be able to get all those stories out. In a timely manner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. that, that, that's definitely. I think I feel the looms over a lot of people, including me. It's like you know, trying to get your writing out in time, hmm. and just not not it's, letting yourself procrastinate. Yeah, and staying healthy enough to be able to and, do whatever you want to do. I think yes. that's very important. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what are your thoughts on authentic representation and hashtag own voices, which you kind of covered already, but just to focus mm-hmm. specifically on that. I, I think it's crucial. Um, it's very necessary to, to have representation. Um, not so much for the us, you know, like middle-aged people, uh, because we already grew up without it, probably. Um, but for the new generation, it's important for them to see themselves in, you know, the heroes and heroines. And yeah, super important. Uh, my daughter, my eldest daughter, grew up with only Dora the Explorer <laughs> as, as some sort of, you know, Hispanic, um, I don't know, heroine. Yeah. Yeah, I think- <laughs> and that doesn't cover, you know, who we are, who she is, you know, it's, it's not, you know. Yeah. It's, it's all, yeah, you need to have a variety of representation. Yes. I think 
that is important. And I mean, that's why there's even a there's a story I recently heard about Etern about uh, not, I was gonna say Eternal, but no, I meant Encanto, where there was this Encanto. kid yeah. Encanto, where this kid there was this kid who looks a lot like a kid in real life was watching a movie, and yeah. then there's a kid in a movie who looks a lot like him. Yes. Yes, and, I think I saw and, something like that, like a little girl that felt represented, and she had like the glasses and the hair, and, just like Encanto. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and that's why it's a, it's important because you know you need you need to have people in the movies look like yes. kids so that way they can see themselves in the movies and the media they're consuming, and then they can be like, oh, yes. I can go on, on those adventures too. I can achieve great things too. Super important, and to be good role models because yes, if you, for instance, have an Arab uh, role model—I mean, not role model, but Arab representation that is just going to be—I uh, don't know—some uh, terrorist that doesn't that does, yeah. does doesn't do a favor to anyone. Yeah, yeah. and. Yeah. Or, or even stuff like, you know, I feel like, I think what, like YA fantasy, I feel like that's, why fantasy is, is a genre that I feel like it's pretty white dominated, but I mm, am starting to see is. a few books that are more, that's getting more and more like, you know, representation. Mm -hmm. And it's, just, it's, like, it's nice to see that. There's actually a book I read, I read recently called Just Poison Heart by Kaden Baven. And mm. I felt like that was really good. And that also, it's like, it's filled with, like, it's filled with black women. And it mm. has like good, like good, good, like queer representation, and mm. it's just nice to see that as a counterpart to all of the white, you know, straightness in the genre. Mm. You know what I find? I found out that also is hard to to have more representation when your agents and publicists are also white, because they 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 ask for multicultural multicultural stories. But they are not able to appreciate those stories when they receive the, the you know, the manuscripts, and and they are, they don't get it, you know. Yeah. So so it's like a cycle, you know. They can ask for something, but if if they receive it and they read it and they don't really click with it, mm -hmm. then it's just it just doesn't happen for the author. So that's yes. that's an issue. Yes, yeah. and, and and that and and that's why you know I feel like publishing for a while I feel like has been. Has always been uh, pretty like white and straight, and just keeping away like people mm -hmm. of color and mm -hmm. and 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 authors who are queer. And mm -hmm. I feel like only the past, I would say, ten maybe, but not even ten, maybe more like five years, has it really started to diversify. Mm -hmm. And until then, for a while, I guess I I I recently heard of this where there was a rule in publishing for a while where like, if you have a black character, the black character needs to be either evil. Or they need to be killed off by the end of the story. <laughs> I guess that was a rule in publishing. Yeah, I mean, oh my god. I, I hope there was no such rule, but um, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and, and even a Marie true. and even Marie Lou, like Marie Lou is one of my favorite authors, and she came out with her book Legend, her debut novel, back only mm. back 2010. And mm. one of the main characters in, in that is Asian. Mm. And I feel like that was that was such like a, a rarity even back in 2010 to have like an Asian mm -hmm. author but one of the main characters is also Asian yeah again it's yeah. just like it's something you see more often nowadays yeah and, it's changing rapidly it's yeah. changing rapidly but but it's it's been the state I mean, of affairs has been pretty ridiculous for a long time and even I'm starting to see more characters that also like have like even more like Native Amer Native American you know mm. indigenous leads or characters yeah. who are non-binary you know mm. just Slowly diversifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's changing. Good. Which is good. <laughs> yes. Good, good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, 
what has it been like been like to write uh, amidst the pan- pandemic? Ooh, um, it's been less stressful because I I live in Houston and there you know there was less driving involved. I have three kids, so I had more time apparently. However, it was not less quiet. Um, having three children, it's been very noisy in the house, and I just didn't get much. You know, I, I didn't get much time to to write actually. Really? So so it's been a mixed blessing. Yeah. Yeah, that's something. That's something I've heard about is that some authors did comment on that, like how like they feel like they should have more time now that they're at home. Yeah. But then it's like, oh wait, there's so much. There's so much, so much uh, going crap on. going on at home. Yes. I don't actually have time to sit down and just write my stories. Yeah, exactly. And that was my my mornings. They were sacred before that. And then you know, having kids in from school, you know, doing homeschooling, it was not such a good conductive, you know, environment conductive to writing. Uh, yeah. Well, morning. So I guess you, you typically write in the mornings. Yes. Yes, but that's the only time that I have uh, like quiet, you know, in this place. I see. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so now let's talk about your the favorite media that you consume. So Ooh. that's all his books. What are your favorite books? Ah, okay. Um, I am gonna sound weird, maybe, but I, I think the Harry Potter books, <laughs> Harry you know, Potter series, I really like them. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a good choice. I mean, you know, putting J.K. Rowling aside. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I mean, I, I, the books themselves, I, I loved, you yeah. know, the world, world building and, and. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge so, fan. I'm sorry, a huge fan sorry. of the books too. I'm sorry? I'm a huge fan of the books as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I also, my eldest daughter I actually grew up with the books and we were, you know, reading them together and then going to watch the movies. So it was like a, like a whole era of our yeah. life so there's more you know feelings attached to it yeah. yeah and yeah yeah i have a lot of nostalgia for the books as well and even like and in the movies because the way i was exposed to harry potter was through the movies and mm-hmm. like i remember watching like the first few movies when i was I mean, like like four or five yes and just watch them over and over again yes so i haven't you know i'm, I'm quite fond of the of the, both the movies and the books and I don't have HBO Max, so I didn't see the reunion. But did, did you did you see the reunion on HBO Max? I did. <laughs> really? Did. What, 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 what did you what do you think what do you think of it? I I think uh, Emma Watson needs to go out uh, with um what's his name the guy who did Draco. Oh, uh, Tom Felton. Tom Felton. They they really have to get together. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, so it's pretty adorable together. She needs to dump the guy that she's going out with and just, just, yeah, just, just look yeah. for her real love. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cute together. Everything I got from that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and anything. What about other favorite books? Uh, actually, this is very not orthodox. Um, the Ramayana. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's like a sure. spiritual Indian, um, you know, religious book. Hmm. Um, I'm not Hindu, but, um, but I, I read it when I was like 16 and I cried. Really? And then I read it when I was 30 and I cried. So I don't know, that book has always stayed with me for some reason, <laughs> some mysterious reason. 
and interesting. What about any other books, or is that it? Is that it for you to list off? Many books in Spanish, but uh, yeah, um, I mean, I, I like any good, you know, uh, fantasy series. Um, there's a whole lot back there. Yeah, I don't know, Hunger Games series. Um, yeah, I mean. And, okay, yeah. and, and what about uh, what about TV shows? What are your, what are your favorite TV shows? Oh, TV shows. Um, the Last Kingdom. Have you have you watched that? The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Um, I don't know if they're coming back. I don't. Another... I I, ha- I haven't I haven't seen that. No. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and maybe also Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I've heard people love that, yes. Yeah, I like anything historical and then put some fiction in it, like some magical thing, and I'm, I'm hooked. Um, but I mean, generally, historical shows, yeah. Or at least, you know, semi-historical. <laughs> yes. What about, yeah. what about the Outlander books? Have you read the Outlander books? I haven't. I haven't really? actually. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't. I haven't either. I haven't gotten into the books or the TV yes. show, but I just heard. But I've I don't heard want to spoil it neither. It's like I'm. I'm going with the series, so I don't want to know what happens. Yeah, and oh, well, like uh, the Wheel of Time. I've also heard people talk about that. Have you seen that? The Wheel of Time on the Wheel of uh, Time. Uh, the Wheel of Time. It's on Amazon. No. It, it's like it's a it's kind of like a, a fantasy yeah. series as well yeah i've seen it i've seen it but i haven't clicked on it yeah okay. just, yeah i just interested yeah yeah I will, and, I will know. Mm-hmm. and what about uh favorite movies what are, you, what are some of your favorite movies oh hands down um the secret garden <laughs> from 1993 <laughs> i i just uh i think it's francis ford coppola the director i'm not um, sure yeah, it's it's just a gorgeous film. Like the photography, the the music, the, it's just beautiful, visually beautiful. That's cool. Yeah, and I love the book also. So I don't know, it just transports me. Possibly because I I also had like a beautiful garden growing up, and and I don't know, it just it just rings, you know. It, it you can it yeah you, you can relate to it. I can relate to it. Yeah. And, yeah. and what, what about, uh, any, uh, do you have any other favorite movies oh, that you want to list off? I, I don't know. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> Anything warriors, you know, warriors, Vikings, but I don't know, gladiators, I, I'm hooked. <laughs> Anything historical, basically. Yeah. Okay. And, and then so... Uh, what 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 content like media are you currently consuming? Hmm. Uh, I just watched a documentary on Netflix, uh, "Kiss the Ground." I don't know if you have. Oh, what's that about? It's it's oh, my version. Uh, it's basically uh, it's a documentary that tells you that we can change the future of the world, like the environmental catastrophe that we are in you know that we can change that not only by stopping like coal emissions and like carbon dioxide and all that but by actually changing the quality of our soils 
and how important the soil, the ground is, and and the that the health of the soil is basically it reflects on the health of humans. Mm. You know, and and so it makes you think about everything you put into the soil and how we have damaged it. You know that most of the topsoil all over the world <laughs> is damaged and with all the chemicals and the whole thing. But you know, if we improve the quality of the soil, everything just solves itself. You know, the, like you know, like like um, I mean, the quality of the air, the quality of your food, the uh, health of people. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Cl- climate climate change. You know, I'm glad that that's a subject that people are. You know, they're learning more about. Mm. And just to see, yeah, like stuff like that, like documentaries and just people educating themselves more on this topic. Because yeah, you know, so it, it's important. I, so I yeah. finished. I mean, watching that documentary, and I see in Texas we don't do composting, but I had started composting like a few few years ago. But then I just got lazy because I don't know. I was uninspired. And then watching that just made me, you know, go back into composting. <laughs> it was it was very inspiring, actually. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's nice to hear. And yeah, even mm-hmm. with climate change, and it, it, yeah, again, like, you know, that's something that you you do touch on, you know, ecological matters and Casali's mm. uh, last song. Yeah. yeah, it's it's part of like I don't know maybe because I grew up in Mexico City, and at a time where we were the most polluted city in the world. Uh, So during that decade, you know, we were the most polluted. And so there were like many, you know, government efforts to to make you think about not throwing trash, about, you know, all these ecological issues got really ingrained in our mind. Not that, you know, it has gotten any better, but, (laughs) but we did grow up with this sense of responsibility of, you know, my generation at least, we were like, oh my God, like, this is a mess. We need to do something. We need to save the world. You know, that, that was in our head. It was a lot of pressure. It is still a lot, lot of pressure. Yeah. And, and so what, what can I do is just write about it and yes. just, you know, get people to be conscious about it, hopefully. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, just yeah, yeah, thinking ecologically, like even, I don't know, like, just going a bit off topic, but even with uh, with Chernobyl and, uh, you know, oh, I, yeah. I, I've, I've I read. I actually read, read a whole book about that. I think yeah. I, I think I read the book that the HBO series was based on, mm-hmm. and it was terrifying to learn about that, oh, and yeah. just not yeah. only what not only the event, not only how that event unfolded and the people who died, but also how much the government was trying to cover Coming that up. up. I know it was and horrifying. It's actually it happened when I was a kid. <laughs> So I heard about it in real time, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I remember watching a very lame movie about it, um, just like two years after it happened. And, two years, and wow. it was, yeah, some some crappy movie. But even that movie, like it got me like shocked, you know, like it it I was really shocked about the, the magnitude of the of the the scale of the damage we can create in this earth. Yeah. And and I know people from Ukraine um, nowadays um, that you know they tell you how their life changed after that disaster, and yes. and you know all the birth defects and all the problems you know involved and the yes. food and you know yeah. And it was even now like it's frightening to hear about Ukraine and like Russia is preparing for a military invasion of Ukraine. Oh yeah. And apparently they're actually planning to send their soldiers 
through Kiev, like actually through, like actually through the irradiated part of Kiev. <laughs> go ahead. To, to, to do the invasion. <laughs> oh, Which, and, that, and, that, and, that, and that area is still uninhabited. Like it's so dangerous to go to that That's area crazy. because of the language radiation. And now they actually oh, want to yeah. do the invasion. Well, I heard there's some sort of tourism going on that you can actually pay and go to visit all these uh, radiated places because. Yeah, you know, which I think it's incredibly dangerous. I think it's insane. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> you will not catch me there. <laughs> and, oh my god, yeah. And even like there's a movie, there's even kind of like you know, there's a movie uh, called Oppenheimer. It'll be about a biopic by Christopher Nolan about J. Robert Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be interesting to watch that movie and just see how that unfolds as well. It's crazy. Yeah, bring bring the topic a bit more to the light. If it was like if it was like in general like nuclear. Like nuclear mm -hmm. radiation, that's been more of a topic. It's also lingering around our society nowadays in connection with, you know, climates. It's, it's crazy. The things we do for power and I don't know. It's just crazy. Yes. And yeah. so a bit of a shift away from that heavy topic. <laughs> uh, what, so what, what project are you working on next? I'm assuming the next, the next entry in the Broom Hesley series, anything else? Yes, um, so the second book is finished. Um, uh, the name is Tolan's Ballad. And I'm still debating whether to divide it in two <laughs> because it's quite long. Really? So, um, but it's, um, we're doing the sec, uh, the last editing, um, the last edits, and, um, and it'll be ready to come out sometimes this year. I was Ooh. planning it to be this uh, spring, but I think it might be after the summer. <laughs> and now I'm just started working on a picture book, just That's to nice. kill some time in between. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but it's actually the picture book is like an offshoot of the story of Broom Hesley. Oh, really? So it's like some of the characters, but like in a kid's version, <laughs> just a little story about them. And I, I so, an extension of, uh, of an extension. Area. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. That's good. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. So any, anything else that you're working on, or is, is that it at the moment? At the moment, uh, at the moment, I have like ideas for like six picture books in my head. So I'm just taking a day, day at a time and I just need to see this, uh, the novel, you know, like published and then we'll continue with picture books until I have maybe a follow-up novel for Room Hesless, for the trilogy. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And now, so we're nearing the end of the interview. So now let's wrap this up with uh, your good words. And this is Ooh. a segment in which you can uh, recommend something. It can be a movie, a book, music, a podcast, whatever you want. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. Um, let me see. Um, maybe an activity. Um, uh, an activity? Yeah. If, if, you want, if you want to suggest an activity, you know, it can be anything you want. I recommend a nap. <laughs> Like taking a nap? No, a nap. Like, like, uh, like, uh, like Duolingo. 
Oh, and, oh, an, oh, an app. Oh, an app. Yeah. I thought you meant yes. like taking a nap, like resting. No, sleeping. not an app. <laughs> no, an app. I'm sorry. An app. Sorry, Duolingo. Duolingo. That has, I mean, it's been, I feel so productive with Duolingo. <laughs> okay, like wait, I'm so I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard a lot about this app. Can you explain what it is? Because I don't quite understand what Duolingo it's, is. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a language learning app. And and it's really well planned and very engaging, and mm. I never thought I could learn Arabic so fast. Mm. So it's it's been really exciting because I I like I've been married for like twenty five years uh, to this Arab man, and he has never taught me the language properly. So all of a sudden I'm I'm doing Duolingo and I'm learning everything I haven't learned in 25 years. So it's it's really in just three months. So definitely if you can learn a second language um, or a third or a fourth, I mean the more the merrier. And and also if you can travel, like just travel. That's my 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 biggest goal in life is just to travel because you just value experience over anything else in your life that's that's my my two cents there yeah yeah italy is a destination i want to go to someday i've never been to italy where italy i'd love to go to italy someday oh yes 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 i've been to rome only yeah but it's it's gorgeous yes i think the whole world is amazing we just need to go out there and not be afraid and don't worry if you don't speak the language, just just connect with people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So well, that's all the questions I have for you, Desiree. And I'm, I'm, I want to thank you very much for coming on here and making thank time you, for this interview. Well, thank you for having me and, and for being able to share yeah, and, this good and information. Again, uh, I, want to, I want to apologize again for the, the, all the problems with the Wi-Fi and, listen, and, and so also <laughs> listeners. So, listeners, we also had a problem like before the meeting, trying to actually, trying to actually get in the same meeting room, and so the whole interview was delayed by maybe half an hour or so. I feel like a boomer. So I want to apologize <laughs> for that as well. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Thank you so much for having me, and and so very nice meeting you. You're welcome. Okay. And I and so and so so yeah. So that's uh, again, everyone. That is Desiree Calderon de Fawaz. And thank you for coming on here. And thank you, Arthur. Yes. And until next time, stay healthy and stay strong.